was expecting what that wasn't it. Yeah, so yeah, me and Heather over here pre-gaming and laughing. Um, hi, everybody. This is Turkessa Lee, creator and founder of Couture Soul Talk. Um, today is season one, episode five, part two of Fake Forgiveness. I am sitting here with my friend, Heather Roberts, for the second time because the first time we talked, the conversation took a left to a place where we're talking about self-forgiveness and what do we need to move on in things. And that essentially was not my intention for why we were talking. My intention for the episode was for us to talk about how we say we forgive other people, but we find that as soon as they do something else, that we're triggered by it and that we really don't forgive them. And how do we move past that? So um, today we're going to move on to that part of the conversation and just try to explore and pick it apart and put it back together and just try to get on with, with, with the conversation. Heather, I'm so appreciative that you agreed to come back. I'm appreciative that um, we didn't allow... It wasn't a derailing, but it took a left turn, but we just went with it because that was what the Spirit was guiding us towards. Yeah. So I think that was just a divine a divine spiritual journey, journey, you know, that, that first um, podcast with you and I. So I wanted to say, welcome back. Glad to be back. And thank you for coming. And today's going to be good. So, you know, everybody just settle up. I hope you got your glasses of wine or your juice, whatever it is you're doing and get ready. So we can just have some heavy talk about how to move past when we say we forgive someone and they do something else or, you know, is it really forgiveness or is it just fake forgiveness? So stay tuned. Okay, guys, welcome back to Couture Soul Talk. Again, my name is Terkessa Lee and I'm sitting here with my good friend, Heather Roberts, and we're going to talk today about forgiveness and fake forgiveness. So Heather, when I first broached the subject to you, um, what did you think we were going to talk about? Let's start there. Like, what, what, what vibe did you get as far as what we were going to talk about when I said fake forgiveness? Um, so the first thing that came to mind was all of the people <laughs> that I had some type of disconnect or run in or something of that nature that was off and or somebody that might have done me wrong or something like that and I thought that I had forgiven them okay and I was thinking about how I've actually moved forward okay so when you say you thought that you forgave them what did that look like for you like what did it look like when you say oh I thought I forgave them and tell me what happened that made you realize something to the contrary of that so um I mean, you you know that I am a Christian and I really hold God dear to my heart and I try to practice what saith the Lord. But hey, <laughs> there is time. Hallelujah. That, you know, I have actually taken things to the altar and then I may not have seen the person or something, but some kind of way their name comes up and then I feel like I feel my body react to that and hey. that's when I know you still got some work to do yeah you know and so for some people the reaction is less than others okay 
So every time I feel that rise in my spirit and that little that little swivel in my neck. <laughs> the, the, know, hunger, like, the hunger, the hunger. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you gotta add you know, you always gotta suck your teeth with yeah. it. Yeah. Got, yeah, yeah, it's all, so it's all like, together. It's one swinging motion and sound. Yeah. With the neck. Yeah, all of that. So that's when I know. Like you, like I said, you still have some work to do. It's, and it's and why are you still holding on to it? And I think for me, um, I have a specific person in mind. When it comes to this person, because they are a relative. Okay. Um, I feel like the rest of my family has not embraced the fact that I want to cut the ties. Or, okay. Or that I've cut the ties. Okay. And they're kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. See you at Thanksgiving. You know, gotcha. that type of thing. Gotcha. Like, well, hold up. I can't. Like, I, I cannot be in that space acting like we going back to holding hands, even if I said. Right. You know, or accept. Or if I said I accepted your apology. What I really am saying to myself is I accept your apology, but the relationship has taken a a change, a twist, a turn to where we can never go back to where it was. And I'm okay with not having anything going forward. And I think that people, and this is something that I tell people all the time, and I have to remind myself as well. So it's like, I'm not sitting up high and looking low. Um, No. I think... People mistake forgiveness with meaning that this person still has a place and a position in your life. And I just don't equate the two. Right. I can forgive you. I cannot hold on to things and still just not fuck with you. And that's just, and that's just me. You know, but you said something that I thought was very um, pivotal. And it's the thing, like, you really feel like you forgive this person until they come up. Until their name comes up. Yeah. You know, and for me, it's not so much, I don't get a huge reaction when their name comes up. I have a huge reaction, I guess, if they do something else or, or. I think it just depends on the person and what that thing yeah, is. Yeah, what that thing you is. Know, it's not every person that, yeah. you know, their name is mentioned, but it's, 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 it's a few. Yeah, but the whole thing, like, with the family member, like, yo, your family know why y'all not talking. Exactly. And it's almost a slap in the face yeah. for you to even be, don't, like, don't bring it up. Don't bring their name up to me. Don't make it like I'm being, and, and I think it's almost like people are dismissive of your issues. Yeah. You know, and, and people and tend how to. And do how does the other person get to get a pass? Because if this person wasn't a relative, you'd be wanting to take their head off, too. Right. You know, for me, it's just more or less just I'm triggered, you know, and I, I did I did many, many years of fake forgiveness from my marriage mm. to other things. And I just and like that the marriage was trash. You know, it was trash. It was nothing I should have ever done. And in retrospect, you know, um, I own that. You know, so I won't sit and just point the finger like and just demonize him for the entire thing. He is a major part of it, but also for me, it takes two. I didn't live in an authentic place. Okay. I didn't live in an authentic place. So I married somebody who I really never forgave for the shit they did while we were dating. And and be and I and and it's just one of those things that I've just learned like if you want to forgive, you really got to forgive. Like, you got to really forgive. And that, you, yo, in that scene right, of forgetfulness. Right. Oh, yeah. 
I always seem to miss the sea. I be in the lake and let me tell you what you did. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't be in this. I don't be in this. Forget, but I be in the lake and let me tell you what you did. You ain't shit for that and the new stuff you did. But, <laughs> but listen, I really, um, had I lived in an authentic place with, not even with him, with myself, when did you realize you weren't in an authentic place? Girl, when we were sitting in the same situation that we were in before we were married, during the marriage. Gotcha. Infidelity, yeah. babies, outside the ma- that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, And it's like, yo, you really just went through this again. Right. But I wasn't just traumatized about the baby that happened in the middle of the marriage. I was traumatized by the baby that happened when we was dating. Yeah, yeah. And it was like, you know, I really was like, oh, I forget. Because you had hope. No, I just was being dumb. I was being dumb. And I don't think, I don't think that that was hope. I think that we feel like we need to, we turn, like so many, it's so many mitigating factors. Okay. You know, that come into how we process um, red flags. Red flags. Absolutely. And one of the, the biggest mitigating factors is how we feel about ourselves. Boom. Our self-value. Ugh. Our self-worth. Our redateability. That's heavy. Our ability to start over. That's a whole different podcast. Hold on. Ooh, child. Let me wipe <laughs> my forehead because I'm about to just let it all hang out. You know, so I was just being silly. You know, to to, to even... To even, not even say I forgave him, but to lie to myself and give that whole ordeal a pass. I mean, but ma- maturity speaks for itself, though. At that time, you weren't thinking about that. You weren't thinking that he was going to do it again. You know something? I beg to differ. And I don't know if I consciously believed he would do it again. But sub- but subconsciously, I would never get anything in our names together. Oh. I would never share bank accounts. I would never share money. Uh, um, you were already in protective listen, mode. Listen, didn't trust nothing about the union. So when we got divorced, all we had was the kids. Wow. I didn't lose, I didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Because I always operated like it was never going to work. You did a Susie Ormond. Hey, Shondo Sudoku. <laughs> Let me, don't start me in here talking crazy. But there, there are some mitigating factors. And I was not at peace with what had happened in the relationship while we were dating. But because of those mitigating factors, you know, not wanting to start over, not wanting to be with somebody else, um, looking at myself then, not realizing how beautiful I was inside and out. And still are. Killing them, okay? Okay. Slaying these hoes every day. <laughs> you know? But I allowed myself to, 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 to feel like I deserved that. And mm. I said that I was okay with it. But any time he wasn't somewhere when he was supposed to be, any time he didn't call me right back, mm-hmm. any time he did something. It chips away. Listen, every time I'm on whatever he did in that moment and everything he did before we got married, he never got any reprieve. Mm. You know, and that's something if I ever should get married again, that I, I know better now than to do that. Right, right. You know, and what I realized is that you're lovable. That wasn't what I realized, but okay, I'll take it. I'm going to take it to the bank and cash it. What I realized is that I didn't really love him. I just hated myself. Mm. I hated myself. You, 
it's, there's no way you can put up with the things that I've put up with in my life and really, really love myself. And I'm not going to make it like I didn't care about him. There, there was some surface love there. You know, trauma bonds was really, yeah. you know, that's a whole nother podcast. I'm actually going to do a whole, I want to do a panel on that one. Yeah. I want to do a panel. Um, we had trauma bonds, you know, but the whole thing was, it was easier for me to try to fix him than to really deal with my bullshit and fix myself. Wow. And the whole thing was, as much as I didn't want to be alone, I never forgave him. And I never forgave myself for not forgiving him. So I'm hating him. I hate me. Mm-hmm. I'm resentful of my life. Yeah. And all I did was put myself in a situation to have somebody to abuse me and take advantage of me and hurt me all over again. It just becomes a cycle. And the, and the hurt becomes a crutch. Yeah. Like you nurture. And it's normal. Yeah. It be, it's a normal chaos is what it is. Yeah. You know, it's a normal chaos. And I tell you. Organized confusion. It has taken me so long to reckon with that. It's taken me so long. And it's funny, even up until recently, there is something about his presence that still brings forth a level of anger in me. And, like, I don't even really talk to the dude. I don't say nothing to him. I don't bother with him. He don't bother with me. You know, but it's just like, I really have to just kind of go back to scratch and start over. Mm-hmm. But what I realize is that I don't really need to work on how I'm going to forgive him. I really have to work on how I'm going to forgive myself for allowing myself to be in such an abusive and fucking di- disvaluing encounter. Um, I really have not... I still am angry at myself. So, so what tools... I guess that's the wait. That's the third segment. I ain't yeah. there. I don't yeah. know. We, let me have to process that. But yeah. it's really, I mean, even like even when we've had little spats in the past, he'll be looking at me like, "Yo, you really fucking going off?" But I am going off. But I'm going off from stuff from twenty years ago. Yeah. Because I'm still just, just, t- just, just holding on to it. Mm-hmm. And anything. And, and when you're dealing with people and trauma. Anything that remotely looks like the traumatic experience, you know, it takes you back to square one. And I swear, I'm tired of fucking starting over. Me too. I'm tired of starting over. Yeah, me too. I'm tired of starting over. Me too. So it's just like, I'm, I'm in a space now, Heather, where I just, I'm okay to be mad. Like, yo, fuck him. And that's where I'm at with it. Like, fuck how he hurt me. Fuck how he treated me. You know, fuck how I allowed myself to go through that bullshit. I'm glad I know better. Yeah. And I just got to do better. And I got to hold myself to the fire. Right. Because we all the time, I think a lot of times we, we get upset with people that hurt us and we want so desperately for them to change. Right. And that's exhausting. It is because, Ooh, you know, we, we can't change other people. But one thing that you said that just reminded me of, you know, um, where I was post-divorce was similar okay but i had to get to a place where i had to be accountable for my actions and at the same time realize that he couldn't get me give me what he didn't have you know my analogy i always you know i'm always i've I've really just learned that and it's so funny I, i i've become so frustrated with myself that i spent so many years looking for somebody to fill my cup 
Yeah, my expectations superseded what he was able to. Period. Yeah. Period. We yeah. romanticized the shit what? out of what we wanted people, and they don't even be capable of that shit. And it's just like they yeah. know it, they, but they don't even know what we are. They fail the test. They don't know they take it. Right. Exactly. They fail. Yeah. He was failing yeah. me every day, and I'm looking for him to be this stand-up guy, this great provider, this, yeah. this, this, and he ain't never been that ever. So I mean, I... <laughs> but it was just like I was so mad. I needed him to be a better dad. Yeah. I needed him to be a, and I've never seen what I was expecting from him. I've never seen him operate even in that space. Yeah. So I'm wanting all this shit from somebody who's just not capable. And I was just, I just remember talking to somebody one day and just telling them they were, they were talking about some issues they was having with their dad. And, um, I was like, listen, you got to deal with the person that's in front of you. Yeah. When I first, when the word romanticized really penetrated my soul oh my gosh my whole world came crumbling down because everything that I thought I knew and I wanted didn't fucking exist right it wasn't based off of what my reality was but there's a big difference Heather from somebody if I say Heather can you give me ten dollars right and you like I don't got it mm-hmm. okay you don't got it I asked you right if I say Heather can I get ten dollars and you're like I got it but you ain't getting it it provokes a different feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that we deal with these failed relationships like they're withholding the $10 when a lot of times it's us romanticizing, being goofy and shit, wanting something from a person that they just don't have. Right. We don't deal with people on their own merit. We don't. Well, and I can't say for everybody. I didn't. Mm-hmm. And it's easier for me to accept people now because I've learned one thing is to stop trying to control the people around me. Right. Because that shit's exhausting. When I tell you, I spent my realistic. whole... Listen, I spent my whole marriage checking phones, riding oh by, God, no. trying to run interference, telling this girl he's married. Did it? Oh my gosh. I was... when I t- And even though getting divorced was probably because the normality of the chaos and the abuse, even though when it was over... I was devastated because I didn't know what was normal. But when I tell gotcha. you, I, when I finally just kind of rested in just not having to do any of those things, I slept so much. Yeah. I was the walking dead in this marriage because I'm constantly running interference. Yeah, yeah. I'm like trying to control him, mm-hmm. trying to control how he spends his money, trying to control what kind of work he gets, trying to control what kind of daddy is, trying to control what kind of wife he is, trying to control if he's cheating on me, trying to control... His time. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, I am fucking exhausted just even talking about it. I'm and exhausted I, listening girl, to Girl, you it. should be because I'm over here out of breath. <laughs> I'm out of breath and my freaking second chin got a little moisture. Oh like I done ran around the block. <laughs> because that shit was stupid. And I had to just realize you don't have control of the other people. Yeah. You got to control what parts you playing in this whole dynamic. What you're going to allow and right. what, what you're not. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and fear, fear of the unknown oh, keeps us in these places. On. You know, fear, and especially, and I think there's something that. And this is another podcast. But when I turned 40, there was a quiet panic that took place within me. Like, oh my God, 
I'm really not going to have any more kids. I only gave my ex to him. Boo. Like, I don't have another baby. Um, so I'm not I, getting married again. Yeah, well. That, it was just, I was just, and it was just like, oh my gosh. Like, you can't be desperate now. Don't get desperate because you're 40. I'm going to say, I'm going to venture out and say that most of my girlfriends that have turned 40 have had something similar. Um as as way as the you know they so I don't have to check in nowhere like okay because I felt I felt so bizarre when I said that was such a bizarre it was an overtaking of me for a long time like heart palpitations like I just couldn't even wrap my mind around it so for me turning 40 I was like I felt like I had wasted my time don't do that oh that's a girl don't do it I can't get back on I can't get back you know Girl, I looked at them old pictures. I said, oh, your stomach was flat. Girl, you had yeah. one chin. You, know, you out here giving your eggs to one all person who ain't even love you. you know, Girl, bye. A mess. All years of, of the tight skin. You know? Woo. Hey. <laughs> what? Girl. Man, listen. Everything was lifted. You know. <laughs> Together. All of that. <laughs> all of that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, 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 I was resentful for feeling like I had wasted my time and that is the greatest commodity and I can't get it back. You can't get it back. And every time I looked at him I wanted to like scream because I felt like he didn't value it. He didn't value that time. Yeah. But I mean now this many years later of um, having been divorced I feel like that relationship I've, I've, I've made some amends. Okay. We are able to be cordial and you know, okay, and and operate, um, in a calm manner. I feel like that. I wish I could be there, and yeah, I, yeah, I know, wish I could be there. But uh, I you just know, constant draw. prayer, and it, for me with that, and and you know, he actually told me the same thing. You know, like he had to really like think back to his input. Okay. Or lack thereof. Yeah, and, and, and one or the other, and I, and, I, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate on what you said. Okay. And even with that, on the opposite spectrum of that is that there's my situation, where there's sometimes you're not ever gonna get it. I'm sorry. Boom. You're not gonna ever get. I don't always get the I'm sorry. No, I didn't say that. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I said we had moved past. We something. moved past. Okay, we, I mean we can agree to disagree. Okay, all right, cool. You know, you know but just act like, like the, the yeah. I'm sorry, the remorse, the hey, I contributed. You know, yeah. I've ne- I have been fortunate enough to get that. You know, and and I had to really just make peace with the fact that I may never get that, and that that doesn't need to be a roadblock to me being better. Um, I found that in most situations, when it comes to dealing with um, conflict, I go into self preservation mode. Yeah. And and before, if I get the if somebody tell you like yo Takesa really cussed me out like pre Jesus cussed me out, I've lost all respect and all, dip- all diplomacy. Already, yeah. yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't, yeah. but done. for me, what I've done to just cope, um, I withdraw, and yeah. I just don't talk. And I don't know how healthy that is because the issue is not dead; it's just sleep until it comes back up. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm still learning and still navigating and. And figuring out some ways, but I have gotten to a place also where like I'm not gonna sit here and be acting like I'm not mad because that's what would Jesus do? No, Jesus be turning over tables. <laughs> 
Jesus yes. be turning water into wine at the at the weddings. Yeah. Like, stop acting like he was just some sucker who just no, went for right. everything. He no. He surely was not a punk. You know, and he ain't say don't be angry. Yeah. He, he said, yeah, he, anger and sin not. Right. So I could be mad, but don't go to the house and kill everybody. Exactly. Like, sit down. No drive-by. You know, so like, yo, perfect example of my, uh, I'm going to call it my don't give a fuckingness. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> and I just, Lord, y'all just pray for me because I don't have a good filter um, I don't play well with others when it comes to goofy shit. And certain types of behaviors trigger something in me. Okay. So, lost a good girlfriend um, this past week. And I'm, um, we used to work together at this place. And um, it was a lady who was a supervisor there. When I say she was very, very mean and hateful. And I just watched her destroy people just because she could Mm -hmm. so we're at the funeral for the girl and we're all you know the girls that the people were there who were still worked at the job you know i was let go from the job and the girl who died was let go Mm -hmm. you know but by the same lady so this girl that works at this agency she mentions the lady's name while we're all sitting in the funeral i'm like yo she fired the dead chick why are we like why are we talking about her Mm -hmm. and she just and i don't think she caught the context clue and i was like yeah she was terrible to her Mm-hmm. And she kept talking about her. She was like, "Yeah, I'm so sorry." You know, you know, she died last year, and and she's still trying to get us to feel bad that this. So yo, I don't went off on a girl. I was like, she was a piece of shit. Now my, listen, she was a piece of shit. Fuck her, and she was still talking, trying to get fuck her, and she was still talking. So I start sticking up my middle finger at the girl, mouthing, <laughs> "Fuck her." Oh yeah, because you just not gonna keep bringing this lady's name up at this girl's funeral when she created so much turmoil for this girl. Mm-hmm. And I remember because this is that lady was the key to how me and the girl ended up being friends. We were filing grievances with the EOC together mm-hmm. about how the lady, you know, let us go for for no reason whatsoever, no write ups, no nothing. Mm. But you think you gonna sit at this girl's memorial? And talk about this lady because she did. No. Fuck her. And I and I, and I tell you, my other girlfriend was sitting with me. Oh, my God. And she was just so uncomfortable. But you know what? I don't apologize. I don't apologize for that. Fuck her. She was mean. She was an awful human. She's no longer here. She's no longer here. Sorry to hear that. But you're not gonna talk about her at this girl memorial. I get that. We not we not reminiscing over her memory here. Right. You do right. that shit at the staff meeting next week. <laughs> we not doing that. And and I and I and I don't I'm not proud that I did that, but I lost all sense because I was in deep grief. Yeah. Like this girl was somebody who I just thought uh, was a phenomenal human being. Right. And you and your goofy ass self think you're gonna sit here and dishonor my homegirl's memory by talking about a bitch who fired her at her memorial get, get your ass out of here yeah i lit her ass up in there and went home and slept good because i just get tired of the oh you gotta take the high road like sometimes some things my biggest freedom has just been allowing myself to be mad and I'm not saying be mad for years and years on yeah, end. Yeah, but feel all the feels. But feel that, yo. In and when the, you, in, yo, in, you in mentioned. The and I thought I was okay. And mind you, I'm in. I done moved on several jobs. We talk about nineteen, the nineties, mm-hmm. the late nineties. I've moved on several places, double, triple, 
triple salary and doing great. Mm-hmm. But yo, you mentioned her name in that venue, Trigger. girl. I feel better now because I said it. Because I don't think I ever said it. I think I was just so desperate to fight and hold on to my job mm-hmm. that I just took the high road and did the best I could, you know. But yeah, we yo, you get I get to be mad, and I think one of the things that people do that is so detrimental is that they're not authentic about the feeling. Yeah, they put a cap on it. Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, and that's just kind of, yeah. I just yeah, and nah. so so that um, I feel like people put a cap on it because again they are concerned about other people's feelings hey like why and don't nobody care about us because oh, these people exactly. who do these egregious s offenses go on living their lives exactly these child molesters Boom. these infidels okay. these women beaters you know these cheaters these liars these philanderers these money launderers these people that steal your identity they ain't giving a shit right about you being politically correct exactly and ho- nobody cares why aren't we allowed to be mad? And granted, we're not supposed to, uh, we're not the jury or the judge of whatever type of sin that they created right. or committed right. towards us. But there's a time and a place where we need to be, um, stand up for ourselves. You know, who's protecting me? Hey. Why do I have to keep being in the, Girl, the you same... you almost made me shout. Don't do it. It's too early. It's <laughs> too early. In the same arena with this person acting like it's, I'm, I'm not sweeping it under the rug no. anymore. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Because me being here in their presence right now is still raw. Right. It, it, you're, you're forcing me to be in a place that I'm not. And I don't want to be. And you're so nice. So you're very, you're, you're, you're very, um, you have a very diplomatic way of dealing with people. And, and our friendship is, our friendship is very, very deep, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and the, the thing that keeps us connected and laughing is that we do have different, you're five plus five, I'm seven plus three. It's both 10. Yeah. We just, we don't take the same route to get to places, but like, yeah, I'll be wanting you sometimes to be like, no, fuck no. I'm not doing that. Yeah, maybe one day. One day, listen, it's all right. And one day I'm gonna yeah. be, and one day yeah. I'm just gonna, you know, I'm gonna be a little bit more diplomatic. But today, no. Yeah. I was at that funeral on Sunday, and I was like, "Fuck her," and I meant it every piece of me. I shouldn't be laughing because it's I terrible, can... girl. Get, I hope you bought some oil. You can put some oil on my forehead before I leave. But I listen. Uh. I be so because she really just kept, after I just gave her the cue, like yo. Because I felt it as soon as she said the name, like you said. Maybe she was on the spectrum and she just couldn't, like, you know. No, she run a whole agency. She ain't on spectrum. She just (laughs) ignorant. And I just let her know, no, we not doing that. We not just honoring the memory today. Oh, mercy, mercy. Oh, so, girl, just go ahead and pray for me because I'm I'm still a work in progress. As am I. And that's the thing. So, uh, for the most part, people are, uh, what you just said, they describe me as being diplomatic and stuff. But every now and then. There's Heather and then there's. Heather. Yes. And when she <laughs> you know, shows you up. Know, yeah, you, know, you know I get excited when I see Heather. You know? And when she shows up, everybody's looking I, crazy. Like, what happened? You didn't, you didn't press the button too, too many times. Everybody has a limit. And I start off on 10. <laughs> everybody be tight when I walk in that room. They don't want no sauce out of me. Like, don't do yeah. it. Yeah. I feel like, you know, back in the day, um, <laughs> this um, game show. What was the game show? Um, the Price is Right. Yeah. This is all the way left. But anyway, remember that um, cliffhanger? Yes. 
that's how I feel. Like, yeah. Yes, and then I get to the top because everybody has pressed my button too, and then I'm off. Right. Then everybody all the way. Then everybody feelings hurt. Yeah. See, I just come from the gate hurt and everybody feeling. And then they expect me to apologize. Oh yeah, no, the devil's a liar. Yeah. This was great. This is a great. This was a great, great dialogue. You just made my whole day. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back. Okay. We want, okay, y'all. Y'all go ahead and pray for me, whatever y'all going to do. <laughs> I'm going to come back in the next segment and I'm going to behave. I'm going to be more diplomatic. We're going to talk about solutions and how to calm me down so I'm not at the funeral sticking up my middle finger acting ignorant. Oh, goodness. God goodness. bless the dead. God bless the dead. Lord, forgive me. But I meant that shit on Sunday. Oh, we'll man. be right back. Amen. Okay, we're back with our final segment. Um, of our podcast this is episode five um we're still in season one and i'm here with heather roberts and the sister kessley um (laughs) we have done lots of laughing in between takes because we just know i'm just good and ignorant and we want to just i'm gonna work on that at some point just not today just not today but i never i never want to end a podcast (laughs) talking about problems i like to be solution focused you know and and talk about how we move forward you know so one of the things that i did learn you know and you brought it to the forefront and i and my experience this week and confirm what you said is that you have to recognize when you have unresolved issues with things yeah i didn't realize that i had unresolved issues with the lady um that the girl brought up at the funeral this weekend until she said her name and there was something in me. When I say I was so triggered, ooh, child, I was triggered. And I just did not present my best self. <laughs> you know, I'll leave it at that, you know. But one of the things we can do is just know what things trigger us. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> just, just, and it's okay. I think we just have to be okay like, I'm not going to sit here for the next two days and beat myself up about putting up the middle finger right. and saying, fuck that lady this weekend. I'm just not, you know, like, I ain't going to sit here and try to be all diplomatic and be like, oh, um, you know, I really didn't mean it, Lord. No, my prayer was, God, you know, I meant that shit, you know, help me to work past it where it doesn't pain me so much the next time I hear her name. Right. Um, we need to just live in an authentic place. Humans can be very treacherous and mean creatures sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I, I I don't know what... Maybe it's just the perfect people. I don't operate in the spirit all the time. Sometimes my flesh is weary and people do things and it hurts my flesh and my spirit. Yeah, and yeah. I have a hard time digesting that shit. You know, I think I'm pretty decent, you know, as far as, you know, my position in the world, you know. But it doesn't make me exempt from feeling, you know, pain or hurt and things like that. You know, but like, just being authentic. Like, if you're mad about some shit, just be mad. Be mad. I don't. I think we try to stuff it in a box, and and I don't think that's healthy either. No, I don't think that's healthy. Um, but at the same time, I think that we need to be um, proactive, or even in in the moment, and be reactive, but in a way that we are not giving it as much energy yeah. every single time yeah like you know if they okay, mention her next uh, week i won't put my middle finger up <laughs> i think i might still cuss a little but i won't give it as much okay i'm gonna work on that you know, <laughs> <laughs> just, 
ignorant and you all try to be all serious and I just keep talking about it. I'm gonna do better. Okay, I'm the, okay, good. Come on. Yeah, I just that's what I, I feel about it. Like each time is like a step more towards towards it. Like it's not a magic wand. Okay, I forgive you. Right. You know what I mean? Like you just it, it it's a work in progress. Right. Uh, yeah, just like don't be fake with yourself. Like, don't yeah. give out no fake forgiveness. And, like, yo, you're not obligated to forgive somebody as soon as they do some dumb shit. You're not obligated to do that. Yeah, you gotta you're, process it. You're allowed to process it. Yeah. You're allowed to be to be mad. Right. You're allowed to be hurt. You know, um, you're allowed to exist in that space. And yeah. you don't have to quicken your healing or your grief to keep everybody comfortable around you. That and part. I, <laughs> and I think that that's a big thing when people do the fake forgiveness thing. It's because they want to sound like they got it all together. They want people who are looking to think that they don't have any flaws, that that they're that they're invincible, and that they can just withstand anything. I don't have no Superman complex. Yo, these yeah. things have... There are several things that I look at in my lifetime while I am still okay, and I've managed to make something of myself that have really damaged me and, and has changed the way I see the world Mm -hmm. there have been things that have taken my innocence you know there have been things that my family when I've told them about it their reaction has further traumatized me probably at the same magnitude as the actual traumatic event itself I get that you know so it's like I'm allowed I'm allowed to be mad I'm allowed to, to tell myself that I don't need to be angry every time I see you but I don't have to hang around you I don't have to be around you I don't have to deal with that. And you have to do what you need to do to create peace. Absolutely. You know, like from the inside out, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and I demand it. I'm, I, I'm a bully with my shit. <laughs> I am. I. It's not a if you can get pieces. Oh, I'm going to get my shit. And I don't care what nobody else got going on around them. Right. You know, I try my best not to create chaos, you know, in other people's lives. But you listen. As hard as I work, as many good seeds as I sow, I yo, you ain't gonna be running me in the ground. Yeah. You ain't gonna dishonor what I do. You're not gonna create a whole bunch of strife and term I'm not doing any of that. Yeah. We don't have to talk and I'm okay with it. And I feel like for me too, I don't wanna practice fake forgiveness on a strength of um respect for somebody else. Right. You know, you're not can you just do this for me? Who respects you? In though? the meantime in the meantime, I'm broken. Right, and, you know, dragging on the ground, but I gotta show up, yeah. and 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 um, you know, present in the way that you want me to. Right, then your family told us, be the yeah. bigger person. Yeah, you know, Ain't you, a you know how he is. And that yeah, part, and just, yeah, and you know, listen, don't be talking to me about Jesus. Me and Jesus is good and square. Yeah, and he ain't told me nothing yet. So. You said you was a Christian, mm-hmm. and you don't want to forgive. But, but I know, think I can't, I can't I dance the same jig. I don't think that when they say that, that they understand that forgiveness doesn't mean that you have to put up and endure with the person. You don't. Right. You don't. They are not one in the same. Mm-mm. Not at all. Like, and one of the things, one of the things, um, when I talk to um kids, when I'm doing therapy, when we talk about um behaviors, and they don't understand how like once they've lied or or broken their parents' trust, they can't get it back. I always use the analogy. If I sat my pocketbook down in front of you and I went to the bathroom and came back and you stole my $5, if we're in the same space the next day, am I going to leave my purse down? Right. They're like, well, no. I'm like, well, why? 
Because I stole your money yesterday. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I don't forgive you for stealing my $5, but I'm not into creating other opportunities for you still again. Right, right. And, and, and that's kind of where I'm at with people in these wacky behaviors. Now, there are some people who say sorry and or they apologize for something. And I genuinely feel like, you know, they, they're, they're apologetic and it's something that we can move on. But like, yo, there are some deal breakers for me. Mm-hmm. There are deal breakers for me. And when you enter the realm of my deal breakers, it doesn't mean I don't love you. It doesn't mean I don't care about you. But, yo, there's certain things we can't do. Right. Yo, child molesters, I can't hang out with you. <laughs> if you Mm-mm-mm. Listen, we can't break bread together. You right. can't be in no space with my fucking kids. I don't care how reformed you are. It's or anybody di- else. kids. Listen. In my presence. Listen. Yeah, and no. I can't, and I can't control what people do with their kids. Right. But I can control what I do with mine. You know? And, like, yo, no. We... Because I don't know, you know, I, I don't sit, I don't sit at, I don't sit at the feet or in the, in the company of my abuser. Right. I absolutely don't. Right. Me either. I don't. We we can't. We're mm. not gonna be nowhere together. Mm-mm. We're not gonna be anywhere together. And my children won't be anywhere where you are. And I don't care if it was a one-time thing or if you change or if you found Jesus, you can have Jesus. You won't have my company or the company of my children. Fuck that. Right. You know, so that, that, you know, so like, and I have to just toe a line. And protect yourself. I, I have a duty to protect myself. I have a yeah. duty to protect my children. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things, like, when I talk to my mom and stuff, like, yeah, we, we have an understanding. There are certain people that, yo, if they're at your house, don't call me. I'm not coming over there. Mm-hmm. My kids can't be there. If they come there while my kids are there, you better not let them in if you don't want to feel what comes after. Mm-hmm. Love her dearly. Love her like a fat kid loves cake. But those are my parameters. And if she has a hard time towing that line, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I don't need to change her. I change how much I'm at her house and how often my kids are there. Right. And that's just, and I'm just using my mom as an example. But anybody. Right, right. Anybody. I don't need to control what other people do at their houses, at, you know, for Thanksgiving and Christmas. You do whatever you want at your house. I can't make you not invite people. I can tell you that. I'm not gonna. I'm be not there. coming. Yeah. You know, we spend way too much trying, time trying to dominate and control all of the external things, and like, yeah, what I'm gonna deal with is an internal thing. I'm making a conscious decision not to come, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. You know, so like we just we well, we just need to reckon with those things and just really, just be okay. Yeah, because fake forgiveness was, you know, people pleasing. Yeah. And that shit eats you alive. Yeah. And everybody else okay. Yeah. And you sitting here in turmoil. You sitting right. And you and you exactly living their lives, abusing Mm. other kids. You know, doing all types of crazy shit. Yeah. You know, you sitting here in turmoil because you because you because you you know you can't you can't control the situation. And everybody looking at you like get over it. Right. Yeah. No. No. You get over it. Yeah. Right. You get over it. Okay, and and, okay, I, and I realized it even like, and that's another podcast for another day. But I also realized when we dealing with people in reference to like family, family trauma and, and, and incest and sexual abuse, it's yeah. so much easier to be dismissive of the behavior. Because if they say that it's wrong, they, the people who knew they should have just been more vigilant have to take ownership exactly that they didn't do the right thing right so it's easier to be dismissive it's easier to oh why don't you just or that was old right it's easier to make you do that than for them to reckon that hey i dropped the ball here 
Hey, I should have been more vigilant. Hey, why didn't I see the signs? You have to question your entire existence. Yeah. If 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 you admit that the abuser is wrong. It's easier to try to make the victim conform mm-hmm. than to excommunicate the abuser or even say that you were a part of the problem because you did not watch and you weren't vigilant as you were. Another podcast, but I'm just saying. Yeah. You yeah. know, people people will, will try to to you you, you you turn into the sacrificial lamb so they don't have to deal with the shit and the guilt that they have. Right. You know, and that's just like, nah. I'ma call it what I'ma call it. And however you feel about it is how you feel about it, you know? And, and, and I just live in such a better, I'm in such an authentic place. And I think, too, because I'm just getting older, um, I don't be really caring about what people think. I don't care to keep everybody comfortable and happy. Yeah. Um, I care that I am operating in my gifts. I care that I am operating in authenticity. Yeah. Um, I care that I operate in love and in light. Um and my love and my light is not always easy on the palate. You know, I have a very abstract type of love, you know, and my truths sometimes are not always warm and fuzzy. My truths can be, oh, that's unfortunate. I'm not going to be able to do that to write to fuck no. I'm not doing that. Yeah. You know, there's a range for me. Mm-hmm. There's a range. It's raw honey. Yeah. Listen here. Take it how you're going to take it. Yeah. But um, yeah. definitely... We need to be in an authentic place. We need to acknowledge what the triggers are. We need to speak up for ourselves. Um, we have to stop caring so much about the other preser- person. preserving everybody else. Yeah. And we're quietly suffering and dying inside. Um, I'm so much better as a woman because I just am in an authentic place. And there are truly just some things that still hurt me, that still ail me. And, you know, like I said, prayer and writing things down and journaling and talking and podcasting. All those things are self-healing things. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes time, you know. But until I get there, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and tell you I'm not mad. Because that's just stupid. I want to run here with high blood pressure and everything else. Right. Because you keeping everything in, having strokes and whatnot. No, thank you. I'd rather say fuck you than walk around and hold it in and then have you be okay to have me sick. Right, because you know what? There's a there's a, a, a level of... Um, how do I want to word this? Um, I feel like because I held on and actually nurtured the crutch okay. or that hurt place for so long that there was a level um, of death that needed to take place with that thing hey now watch it so towards the end girl so that whole you know the denial um you know the acceptance all of those things all of that that natural progression of death that that takes place with a a, something else that is you know like a, a an actual death yeah. You know, or the cycle's uh, the same though. It's really it's the the cycle of grief is actually the same. Yeah. For like spiritual deaths, physical deaths, all, all of that. It's all the so same. Like, it's all the same. But but I feel like if there's certain things that we did at the moment, in the moment, that we wouldn't have to go through that. Yeah. Cause that cycle is freaking long as hell. Like Ugh. I just 
I don't want to do that every single time. Oh my gosh, don't you just get tired of starting over? Yes, yeah, like it'd come be too on. much. Yo, it'd be too. And I just think you know, if we just allow and, ourselves the space to, to really yeah, just be to, mad and to be right in the moment, right in that moment, yeah. and not sitting on it festering and then having something trigger us to go off about it. Yeah, because you know? I, I fought with the the of respecting a certain family member's feelings. As opposed to mine, like okay, I'm sacrificing mine all over again. Why are they? Oh, yeah. yeah. So like, and then I would like again go into that whole cycle of grief, dragging myself through the mud. Like I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. Like- yeah. No. And so, so exercising the boundaries and reminding that person over and over again. At first, it was like it, it was it was it was hurtful, and but now I have power in it, you know. Yeah. Nah, I'm not coming. Nope. Don't speak to them. Don't speak to me about them. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. Um, call somebody else. Yeah. Um, all of those things are are now like um, active phrases in my vocabulary uh-huh. as it pertains to this individual that I choose to no longer have any contact with regardless yeah. of blood absolutely and my, my 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 way of dealing now is um i talk less about it i just um i withdraw from situations that aren't healthy for me i don't feel the need to explain myself yeah. i stopped explaining yeah i stopped trying to justify it and get their approval and that's I'm powerful just, yeah i'm just not i'm just not doing it yeah i'm there are just certain things i'm just not gonna do um if I don't like something, a lot of times I find that I quiet myself because I really, I really have gotten to a space, especially in the last two years, where I've stopped trying to control people's responses and how people feel about things and how they think about things. I just mm-hmm. really don't. I really, I listen, I observe, and for me, once I know, I know. Yeah. Once I know, I know. You know, and I don't feel the need to correct them. I don't feel the need to change their minds. You know, I just change how I respond to their stuff I don't need to control what somebody's doing mm-hmm. if I feel like I need to have a conversation with somebody's toxic behavior I will if I feel like they're just in a toxic season and they tend to come out of it I withdraw mm-hmm. until they seem to come back to the senses and work their own things out I also don't feel the need to save and fix everybody and I think now that I've just gotten deeper into like my profession and just being a clinical um, therapist I don't want to do therapy on my friends I don't want to be analyzing with my right. friends I don't want to be picking apart everything they say you know and sometimes I don't say anything and I don't offer my input unless they ask because a lot of times we insert ourselves we just be creating a whole bunch of extra work mm-hmm. you know we want to be the martyr we want to be the savior we want to be no let people do some things in peace people we run interference a lot of times and people don't get to learn the lessons they need because we're constantly running interference so you really got to use the spirit of discernment Mm -hmm. you know for me i don't say much because that's their process right who are you right we interfering with the process and then they'll be right back in the same place a year from now because they didn't learn because i'm already because i'm running interference and i'm in the way yeah now of course if it's something detrimental you know of course i'm gonna say right i'm not saying that you just let people just jump off a cliff and don't no i'm saying that Sometimes some shit's just not your business. Right. 
Right. And sometimes if you just mind your business, you don't have to have a whole bunch of shit to forgive. Yeah. Yeah. But we insert ourselves into things that we don't belong in. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's like my favorite line on Facebook. It's like, yo, what you doing? Minds in my business. <laughs> my kids will say, mommy, where you going? And my other girl like, now you, now you know mommy going to tell you she minded her business. Mm-hmm. Because that's what I do. Right. I don't be over engulfed in nobody else's stuff. Now, if you ask me what I think, of course, we we can have some dialogue, but yeah. I don't I don't overextend myself anymore. I don't have a lot of time to fix you because goddamn, I gotta fix me. Right. I'm right. at funerals giving people the middle finger <laughs> and saying fuck you to dead people. I have things to do. Yeah. I don't have time to fix you. I don't have time. There is some shit in my heart. I gotta get together yeah. this week. Right. You know, right. And, and, right. and that and that and that's real. You know. So it's just like you know. I, I just thought of another thing that I I. I was toil toiling with um as it pertains to the fake forgiveness once again it was um how do I forgive somebody and honor them at the same time so as far as parents go oh. yeah I, I know what the bible says I'm trying to live that way but there's some deep rooted levels of things that has not have not been dealt with and I can't just act like it didn't happen okay and at the same time I could be in your presence three days in a, in a row but on that third day one thing triggers something from 30 years ago and now I got an attitude and you asked me to take you around the corner <laughs> and now I'm like <laughs> Hey, you know, I'm about, I'm like, yeah, I'm about gotcha. to dump you out the yes, wheelchair on the right corner. <laughs> I'm it. Let me stop. People, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, no, we ain't really we're, doing we're that. We're not doing that. But yeah, this, but this. It's, it's just that you honoring them in your heart. You know that's what I mean? But you know what, Heather? And yeah. I swear, you might have to end up being my, my permanent co-host because <laughs> that's a very good topic. How do you forgive and honor your parents at the same time? Yes. Yeah, you know, and it, that that's a very very profound thing to explore what you do for christ will last and that's the thing that's the thing you know i'll be like jesus come through (laughs) like don't be sending me no context clues i'm not that kid you gotta just like make it pop up on a commercial on the tv or something (laughs) don't be having me out here praying to see no ghost tonight (laughs) send me a text I don't know, Heather. That's something I really need to contemplate. And I don't think we even have enough space because I think that um, honoring and forgiving imperfect parents is a definite, that's a whole topic on itself. Yeah. You know, because nobody's perfect, you know? Right. And it's funny. I'm a freaking imperfect parent. Right. So am I. That's funny. Because my poor kids, (laughs) you know, the the, the shit that they endure just having me as their mother. You know, like I can all, oh, I can bet man. you any amount of money. If we were at the funeral and they saw me giving the middle finger, they wouldn't have said a word. They'd have just been like, Lord, here she go. Yeah. They just, they'd be prepared. They, yeah. Because one of the things I realized <laughs> with my kids early on. Can't is stop that, laughing about that. And that I know oh my gosh. I'm horrible. Oh. I'm going to lay that on the altar tonight. But when I tell you with every fiber in my being, I meant that shit. Oh my God! I can't even. I felt like this I is why I'm be my nobody. I can't help nobody else. Yeah, I need my own help. But my kids, <laughs> I tell my kids all the time, you are gonna be on the couch for something. You are gonna be on a therapist's couch for something, <laughs> but it won't be for this particular thing. 
Because I just tell them mm-hmm. the truth. I don't lie to them. Yeah. I don't create this persona that I'm this perfect being. Um, when I'm wrong, I say I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, what I don't have, when I don't have the $10, I find a friend that does. Yeah. Okay. You know? Um, That's a solution. Absolutely. I have to. Like, I have a lot of masculine energy. I am a provider. I am a protector. I am the person who is responsible for everything. I don't get to be foo-foo, frilly, pink lace perfume, warm, loving. Oh, he broke up with you. I'm so sorry. But see, here's the thing. I feel like I am part of that. I I feel like I'm frilly. I'll be like. But my kids don't receive that. They be like, yeah, all right, I'll be back. Listen, I'll be with my kids. I can't even be foo-foo. I'm so hood. I'll be like. Now, you know you, you the right shit. Now. You know you know you the shit, right? You don't gotta put up with text. None, You don't gotta put up with none of that shit. <laughs> fuck, fuck him. I'll fuck get a it. text. You good? What am I gonna say? You don't got up and left. Like <laughs> I can't. My be poor kids. Mushy and I remember. I can remember, and we're gonna close out in a second. But I can remember the kids <laughs> being very little, and one day I said, "This stupid, dumbass, fucking shit," and the girls start crying. And they're wailing. And I'm like, why are you crying? You said stupid. Stupid was the oh, cuss yeah, word. Yeah, that was the bad word. But like, fuck, yeah. damn. <laughs> every other five star word I said, because they're so accustomed to me because I just cuss. But they were not allowed to Pete. say stupid. Mm-hmm. So it's like, they were raised that stupid is it's like, yeah. stupid is on the same lines as like, fuck. Yeah. You know? But it's like, my poor kids, you know, but it's funny because they just, as they've gotten older to be teenagers, they, they do really good with me. They tolerate all of my foolishness and all of my mess, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, they I, raise us. They, they raise us. Listen. Yeah. They listen, but yeah, you know, one of those things, you know, when you, when, when you when your cup is empty, you know, and I don't have it all the time. I have a very strong network of women. And men mm-hmm. who helped to help me to raise my girls. Um, I'm Thank not God for the village. Woo, child, listen. And I always laugh because whenever my kids are doing something crazy, they be like, "Do you not remember who your mom is?" <laughs> they remind them quickly. Mm-hmm. You know, like, listen, she. It's unfortunate though that the the time that we live in, a lot of people do not allow the village to intervene. Yeah. It's, it's, my, village know, is, my village is. My village is. My village service. is top notch. You know, my village, my village is top notch, and and they were handpicked. Yeah. Um, and I'm very grateful, you know, and um, because I have a village, it allows me to be in a space where, um, I can work on myself. Yeah. I can work on being forgiving. Nobody's I can perfect. work on um. Being accepting that you know sometimes you're never going to get the apology. Yeah. I think that's probably one of the most, though that has been one of the most painful things to try to work through in my life not getting the I'm sorry mm-hmm. not getting the I'm sorry you know but um, this has been a wonderful wonderful discussion yeah I appreciate you so much and I, I definitely I want you to come back I'm always willing to I come want you back to come, I'm I want you to come mean, back we can just we can just write down 10 topics cause, and cause we got <laughs> but, like, but like real like real for real though we we cause we have such a um such a spiritual connection and such yeah. a level of transparency and trust and honesty and respect um, and respect for one another yeah. that we can talk about anything even if we don't agree you know and um they're all love i think yeah. yeah i think i think before you leave tonight maybe let's sit down and write down some topics we want to cover okay and, and, and let's and let's really make that happen like yeah. i don't 
um, one of the things that I regret with my girlfriend who passed away, whose funeral was this this past weekend, is that we said that we would, but we but we didn't put a date on it. We didn't give it a time, and um, that was very hurtful for me, you know. And and when and when we have the opportunity to be blessed mm-hmm. with the significant encounters, um, I don't want to just let it be. Let's do something later. Right. I want to. I want to plan for it. Be intentional. I want, right. I want it to be intentional. I want us to to make a plan and to really do it. You know, because I'm always, always blessed by your presence. Aww. Always have been. Always have. Likewise. Been. Always have yeah. been. I, I always you know? walk away with something. So if I want to say that I'm gonna take away something from this podcast today, okay, it is actually um, just being more. Uh, authentic with my feelings in the moment. Okay. Um, and yeah, and stop trying to like put it in a cute little wrapper. Okay. Yeah. Um, if there was something that I took away from today's podcast, um, honestly, it's just allowing myself to feel what I feel. Yeah. Um, I don't think I put it in a cute box. I do what I said to you earlier before we came on. I put it off until later. Yeah. You, you, you I, schedule I, it. I schedule it. I schedule it because I'm so afraid if I feel something too intensely that I'm not going to be able to recover from it and I'm not going to be able to run my house. So I think I need to work on allowing myself to feel what I feel when I feel it. The and freedom. Not, and not schedule it. Like yeah. I, that is so freaking mechanical and just ridiculous. When I, when I, I never, I think when you asked me the question earlier, yeah. um, I just, I didn't think of it that way. And it wasn't until I heard myself say it that I realized how crazy that was. Well, you're, you were in autopilot. Yeah. You know I mean, like, again, it goes back to what we were saying about the cycle of grief. Yeah. You're still grieving your girlfriend. Yeah. You're still working. My you're dad died this pa- summer. Yeah, you're still you know. parenting. It's, it's, it's layers ah. and levels, and you just got to, wow. you know. But yeah. that's why I was like, when you feel it, let it run. Like, why you ain't doing it? I was like, I can't, girl. I had things to do today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I cut that thing right on. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. I'm going to cry is- at 8 p.m. <laughs> but, yo, I used to do that when I first got divorced. I gave myself from 9 to 12 to cry after they went to bed. Swear to God, no lie. What? I scheduled it. I scheduled it. How- what? And you just like, okay, it's 9 one uh, <laughs> What? I can't do that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. If y'all can see me sitting here holding myself <laughs> like I'm a nut. Baby, listen. Oh my, I would have to like turn on some movie, like you turn, know, something like a tearjerker. Yeah, and I gotta get myself together now. But it's so hard. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Okay, uh, I can cry now. I got, I got to look at the color purple when Miss Sophia came home from jail. Oh my goodness! And she, you know, she asked to pass the peas, then I could, yeah. It's a whole uh, situation. Well, she looked hit too. Sophia, she now. looked hit because she Damn was holding it in all of that Damn time. Damn near rotten that bitch. Yeah, I don't got time to play with you tonight. All right, y'all, we done for the night. <laughs> Stay tuned. I think um, next oh, podcast man. is gonna be. <laughs> next podcast is gonna be. I have somebody coming. 
who has successfully run a business for over 17 years. And I have him coming to tell us how he's worked so hard to create a workplace where there has very, very small turnover. You know, he's going to give us some tips, some secrets. Um, he's also, um, he's one of my bosses for my part-time job. And we're going to just, I just want to pick his brain. And, and I think what he has to share is very, very valuable. So you guys stay tuned. I appreciate y'all. I love you. Nice. Um, your, your soul is definitely couture, you know, and you're allowed to be angry. Um, be well, be love, be light. And be and, free. And don't be at no funerals um, cussing nobody out like me. Just be better, okay, people? <laughs> Bye. <laughs>